Amen. All right, thank you for that. Take your Bibles, if you would please, this morning to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 17, Matthew chapter number 17, and uh, it is a, a joy to be in the house of the Lord. I, I'm glad uh, when we have church, uh, I enjoy being here, and I enjoy getting to open God's Word and having the opportunity to preach it, but we ought to enjoy being uh, with brothers and sisters in Christ and uh, those around us. We ought to get excited about the times we get to come to church. And uh, you understand it's not an, uh, just, just an obligation that's something God commands us to. We get to come to church. It's a privilege uh, to be able to be in church. And uh, a lot of us have lost our focus on that. And uh, I've been praying about uh, what God would have for this year and what God wants us to do this year. And I believe God's leading in certain areas and different things like that. But the, the main focus, I've been thinking about the, the name of our church, Faith Baptist Church. And what is faith all about? And uh, so God's been leading on my heart this year uh, to preach about faith and what faith is. And so on Sunday mornings, we're going to be going through a series on faith. We'll be talking about faith and uh, different kinds of faith in the Bible, a lot of things that we're going to uh, discuss. And so we're going to talk about that faith that moves mountains. That's our, our theme. You know what? God can do miracles. You know that God can do the impossible. The things that you and I don't understand, God can do those things. He's still the God of the impossible. I think we read the Bible oftentimes as fairy tale stories. You know, God really did send fire from heaven and consume the altars that Elijah prayed down fire from heaven. God did that. God did shut up the lion's mouth for Daniel in the lion's den. He did help Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And God did lead the Israelites through the Red Sea and uh, through the wilderness and through the Jordan River and all those things. God did all of that. You know, and God still can do those things. But I think oftentimes we limit God because of our lack of faith. And I thought about all throughout Scripture where Jesus mentioned to several people, Oh, ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. I don't want God to say that about Faith Baptist Church. I want us to have faith in the Lord and faith in what He can do. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter number 17. I would invite you, if you're physically able, to stand with me out of respect for the Word of God as we read one verse. As we read one verse, and that's verse number 20, is where we're going to get our theme and our text this morning, our theme for the year, what God's put on my heart today. In Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 20, the Bible says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. You see that? Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Because of what? Because of faith. Because of faith. So we're going to preach to you this morning on faith that can move mountains. And we'll talk about faith today. And I want you to uh, search your heart. Do you really, truly have faith in God? That faith that can do the impossible. That faith that can see us go beyond what we could ever imagine for the Lord. Isn't it amazing that God uses sinners? He saves us when we ask Him by faith. And then He changes us and makes something new out of us. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but then He allows us to be used. What a blessing. What a blessing. So we're going to preach to you this morning, faith that moves mountains. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the privilege we have of being in your house today. 
Lord, we're going to read through a lot of verses and talk about faith this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll cre- create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Lord, let me be your mouthpiece this morning. Lord, I don't want anything that is said in this place to be just Dan Caldwell's opinion. Let it be the counsel of the Lord. And God, as we look to your word, may we not just be hearers of it, but doers of it. Lord, I believe what the Bible says in Matthew 17 and verse 20, that if we have faith as a grain of mustard seed, that nothing can be impossible unto us. And Lord, what a blessing that is to know that You work through faith. And Lord, I pray that if there's any here today that have never put their faith in you for their eternity, that Lord, they'll trust you today. Lord, if there's any here again struggling with what you would have for them to do, may they just choose to follow you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all your many blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. As I was thinking about this area of faith and faith that moves mountains, I began to think about The faith about salvation. And that I couldn't be saved without faith in God. In Ephesians 2, 8, 9, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I was going through these areas and I I like to alliterate things. It helps me to remember them. It helps me to go through and be able to do that. And I got to thinking about this area of, of getting a hold of faith. How to get a hold of it. Listen, it said, if we have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, that ye shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. I saw that phrase and I thought, maybe through this passage of scripture, we see that somebody was redneck here. They said, why? Because they said, tell it to remove hence to yonder place. And I thought, wow, they speak our language, don't they? You know, uh, they know how to speak our language in the Bible. God knows how to do that, right? Uh, But praise the Lord. I got to thinking about, though, the the grain of a mustard seed and how small that really is. And I got to thinking about what the Bible says here in the book of Matthew, where he says, if you have that much faith, you could say to the mountain, remove from hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. It's going to do it. And I thought, but what's it take to have that much faith? First off, it's going to take faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. You've got to firstly appropriate faith. You say, what's appropriate mean? It means to take possession of, to gain rights of, or have a suitable uh, responsibility towards, but to take possession of. So you've got to appropriate faith. That means you've got to take possession of it. Well, how do you take possession of it? Is you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Faith is action. A lot of of us believe, well, how is faith action? Faith is believing in something that you can't see. Well, if you remember what James said, he said, uh, faith without works is dead. You understand that you have to exercise faith in order to be saved? You don't do anything to gain salvation as far as the payment that it costs for you to go to heaven. But you have to exercise faith in believing and receiving the finished work of Jesus Christ. 
You can't do any of the work yourself. There was nothing you and I could do to die on an old rugged cross and shed our blood on the cross because we have sin-filled blood by one man's sin, sin under the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And, you know, I've had people tell me, brother guys, you shouldn't preach salvation every time you get up to preach. You shouldn't mention on Sunday mornings about salvation all the time. You shouldn't mention about, we hear the same verses over and over and over again. Well, listen, there's going to come a time when somebody sitting in the church that's been here all their life who's heard the verses that Holy Spirit of God's going to do what he does best he's going to penetrate through that hard heart and they're going to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and believe it for the first time and exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and I don't ever want to be guilty of quitting or, or backing up on salvation because you don't know what true faith is all about until you've exercised faith in Jesus Christ you got to be saved you got to appropriate the faith you got to have it make it your own Listen, if, I, if it were up to me, there wouldn't be a person on this, on this earth that would go to hell. And Jesus Christ said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's why he came to this earth for this Christmas season we celebrated, that baby being born in a manger. He came for that sole purpose, to be the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And his perfect, sinless God blood was shed on that old rugged cross for me. And not only was it shed on that cross, he went down to uh, the depths of hell, took the keys of death and hell, rose from the grave, ascended it, and guess what he did? He applied that blood to the mercy seat in heaven. And when I exercise faith in what Jesus Christ did, the Bible said that I can be saved. And what a blessing that is. You got to have faith for yourself. Matthew 9 and verse 2 says, And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. You know what they had to do? They had to exercise faith in Jesus. In Matthew 9, 22, it said, But Jesus turned him about. And when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. In Matthew 9, 29, then touched he their eyes, saying, according to thy faith, be it unto you. Listen, you know what it took for, to get God's attention? You know what it took to get Jesus' attention? Faith. Faith. It took faith. You know what I want this year in 2020? I want to get God's attention at Faith Baptist Church. I want God to rain down upon this place the impossible that we can never even imagine. You say, well, how's that going to take place? It's going to take God's people getting a hold of what faith is all about. We see it all the time. We go to Faith Baptist Church. We go to Faith Baptist Church, Faith Baptist Church, and we say that name so flippantly. But what's faith all about? Faith is not about what we're doing. It's about who we're exercising faith in. It's all about Him. And that seems to be the the broken record or the repetitive statement that happens a lot in this church is it's not about us. It's all about Him. Why? Because God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. And I don't ever want us to forget what this is all about. It's not about me, and it's not about you. It's all about Him. It's about seeing seeing people come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want Faith Baptist Church to ever be guilty of not giving somebody the opportunity of trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior. The greatest decision anyone could ever make is getting rid of their sin, giving it to God, and by faith receiving Him as their Savior. Because we're going to talk about faith. And we're going to talk about what we ought to do with this faith that we're given. But first off, you've got to appropriate this faith. You've got to take it, make it your own. Have it as a possession. You've got to own it. It's got to be yours. But you know what? I can't take faith for Brother Eddie. I can only take faith for me. 
And you can only take faith for yourself. But you got to have faith. you got to have faith. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, don't believe Satan's lie that you can't be saved. Don't believe Satan's lie that you're too far gone for God to save. You understand he came to seek and to save that which is lost. That which was lost. That's why he came. So who is that? That's all those that are born in sin. And who is that? Everybody. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a whosoever will gospel. And it's for you and it's for me. There was just a difference between me and somebody who's not received Jesus as their Savior. You know what that difference is? Is I've exercised faith. Put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And because of that, the Bible said that my sins have been buried in the depths of the deepest sea. Does that mean that I'm perfect now? I have a sinless perfection. No, that's not what it means. That means I've gained a spirit nature and for eternity I can go to heaven because the price has been paid and I've received that price upon myself. I've taken that gift that God has given me by faith, exercising faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm still a sinner. And because of that, guess what I have to do? I have to take hold of faith and allow faith to be part of of my life. So we see the appropriation of faith is you got to take possession of it yourself. But then I want you to see about abiding in the faith. Abiding in the faith. What's it mean to abide? It means to abide means to remain or to continue in. Why is it that people get saved and they have that faith? They've exercised faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but it seems like they go wayward. They don't walk in the ways of God. They're not doing what God wants them to do. I'll tell you why is because they did not remain or continue in the faith. They didn't continue in the faith. Colossians 2 and verse 5 says, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. The steadfastness of your faith in Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15, Notwithstanding she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in the faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. 2 Timothy 1.13, holding fast the forms of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. See what it's talking about? Hold, holding fast, being steadfast in it, uh, continuing in the faith. Hebrews 10 and verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised. Listen, we need to abide in the faith. We need to continue in it. 1 Thessalonians 1.3 Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and the sight of God and our Father. 2 Timothy 4 verse 7 I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Colossians 1.23 If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which ye was preached to every creature which is under heaven whereof I am Paul made a minister. Colossians 2 and verse 7 Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Listen, you need to abide in the faith. You need to stay in it. Continue in it. You say, why do we do what we do so, for so long? Why, why, why do you still preach the same way that they used to preach back in the old days? Because we need to stay with the faith. 
He said, ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and you shall find rest for your souls. You know what? My heart is hurting over people that call, that call me on a weekly basis and say, preacher, I just don't understand why this church is going this direction or why they're changing on this or why they're not sticking with the Bible, why they're going uh, this route and try to appease people and all this. I'll tell you why. They're not abiding in the faith. They're not walking personally with God the way they ought to. Somebody who's walking with God and getting into His Word and doing what God wants them to do, guess what? You're not going to waver from the faith. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. You know what? He wasn't trying to be boastful. He wasn't trying to be proud. What he's saying is that I kept my eyes fixed on Jesus. I've been steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You know what? It's high time that this church just decides we're not going to worry about what everybody else is doing, but we're just going to get a renewed spirit inside of our heart. We're going to put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to do the impossible this year. We're going to see God do things that we, we couldn't even imagine. Those people that we kind of gave up on that would never be saved, man, we're going to try to see them saved. The, the, the things that we're trying to see God do, man, turn our nation around for God. A lot of people say, whoa, 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 you just went that far preacher i think our nation's too far gone where's your faith where's your faith you know the bible says without faith it is impossible to please god faith gets god's attention whenever they had faith they exercised faith and they reached out for jesus and they came to him with faith knowing that he was the only one that could help them guess what it said thy faith hath made thee whole thy faith Hath made thee whole. I thought about the woman with the issue of blood. Been to all the doctors. Spent all kinds of money. Twelve years she had this issue of blood. And she was uh, just this disease inside of her that nobody could cure. But she went to Jesus. She fell down. Just touched the hem of his garment. And he stopped. With the multitudes thronging him. And he says, who touched me? And the disciples said, Lord, the multitudes throng you. What do you mean who touched you? He said, I perceive virtues come out of me. Who touched me? And the lady steps forward and she tells him what happened. He said, go, thy, thy faith hath made thee whole. Listen, I don't care what people have said. I don't care how far you think the circumstances come. When you put faith in God, the impossible happens. The impossible happens. We have that abiding faith. Are you abiding in the faith? Are you staying steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord? Listen, you got to abide in that faith. What's it going to take? It's going to take, number three, the absorbing faith. What is absorbing faith? To occupy or to fill. How are we occupied and filled by faith? Through the Word of God. We need to absorb it like a sponge. Matthew 9, 29, Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them, which sanctified by faith that is in me. You know what? It needs to occupy and fill us. How are we filled with the Spirit of God? We allow God to be filling us. You say, well, I got saved. I got as much of the Holy Spirit as I was ever going to get, preacher. That's what I thought you said. Well, you did get as much of the Holy Spirit as you have for the indwelling. But guess what? The filling is something that's going to fill you up and overflow to other people. That attributes of the Holy Spirit that are going to fill you, guess what? It ought, you ought to be absorbed by faith. You ought to just be occupied by faith. 
When, when somebody says, hey, uh, this, we, we need to do this, and according to the Bible, I believe this is what God wants us to do. Guess what? We just need to step out by faith and do what God says to do. I thought about Peter on that boat in the storm. Everybody's afraid. They're terrified. And here comes Jesus walking on the water to them. And they said, oh, it's a spirit. And they said, hey, Jesus said, no, it's I. Be not afraid. And Peter says, well, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. And guess what he did? He stepped out by faith. And guess what? He just occupied himself with faith, being filled with faith. Romans 10, 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Guess what? It ought not to be just part of what we do. It ought to totally consume us. Faith in God ought to totally consume totally consume us i think there's a lot of us have more faith in facebook and cnn and all the other things around us than we do in god we take what the news says over what the bible says guess what let me give you a news flash the world is wicked i know that's hard to believe but god said it from the very beginning why because one man sinned sin entered the world and death by sin so that death passed upon all men for that all have sinned the world's a wicked place But guess what? The church ought not to be. We ought to be living by faith. Trusting the Lord in faith. Faith that moves mountains. What's it all about? First off, you've got to understand faith for salvation. You've got to be saved if you're going to ever understand what faith is all about. I I need you to understand the truth. Is that without the Lord Jesus doing what he did, you understand we'd be burning in a place called hell. It's real. Hell's a real place. But heaven's just as real. Heaven's a real place. When Jesus ascended into the clouds after he rose from the grave, the 40 days he taught those uh, disciples what they should be doing, preparing for the, the receiving of the Holy Ghost. Remember he said, why stand ye gazing into heaven, this same Jesus, which you've seen will come again as you've seen him leave? You know what, I'm looking for that day. I can't wait for that day. I hope it's today. I hope he comes back even today. You say, why? Because I'm tired of the world and what's going on. But you know what? I don't want to see anybody die and go to hell. I believe we have a job to do. This year, we need to exercise more faith in our soul winning. We need to exercise more faith in our giving. We need to exercise more faith in our willingness to serve God. But we're not going to do it if we're not absorbed by faith. If we're not letting it consume us, occupy us, and fill us. We've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. To be filled with the Spirit of God is going to have to make you get out of your comfort zone. What's that mean? That means you're going to have to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. You have to humble yourself, get rid of those things in your life that have been hindering you from being filled with the Spirit of God. You say, well, preacher, I believe we have some great folks in our church. Guess what? I do too. But in amongst a church of any amount of size, there's always people. And people are sinners. But you know what? We don't have to live in sin and walk in sin. We can, by faith, follow the Lord. We can let it occupy us and get things right with God. But if you appropriate faith and you take it upon yourself there and you abide in that faith and you uh, just live there and you let it occupy you and fill you, it's going to become active faith. See, faith is action. When somebody said to me before church this morning, Preacher, your faith can move mountains. But we need to grab the shovel. 
What a tremendous statement that is. Because the fact of the matter is most of the time we sit in the chair and say, well, I have faith that God's going to do this. But we never do anything about it. We never go forward. We never do anything about it. And I, I heard a story one time back in the Civil War days that this person had a, a, a lady uh, that worked at the house and she had been praying for this beer joint to burn down. And she goes to one of the servants of the house and she says, I want you to pray with me that God will burn that beer joint down. And so she prayed about it and prayed about it. The next day, the lady of the house woke up and smelled smoke in the air. And as she smelled the smoke, she came down. She said, you prayed with me one time. I've been praying for years that that beer joint would burn down. How did this happen? She said, come here, I'll show you. She took her by in the woodshed and found a box, of, uh, a box of matches and a can of kerosene. And she said, I put legs on my prayers. But listen, understand this. I'm not telling you to go burn down a beer joint. I'm not telling you to do that. But what I am telling you is this. If you're going to have faith in God, you've got to put some legs to that faith. When James was saying this, he said, faith without works is dead. What he's saying is, you've got to show God that you mean business about your faith. To say that you're saved and God doesn't ever want you to do anything for Him, that's a lie. God expects us to be active. And don't try to say, listen, all this is recorded, so I'm going to make a statement here. I'm not telling you to go out and do that, okay? All I'm telling you is this, put legs to your faith. Get out there and do things about it. You, You know somebody needs to be saved, guess what active faith does? You go out and witness to them. You tell them about the Lord. We always make excuses. Oh, well, I'll just let somebody else go do that. I'm not good at talking with people. Listen, you might be the very one that they'll listen to. You ought to tell them about Jesus. James 2.18, yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. James 2.20, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. You understand there's a lot of misconception over that verse a lot of people believe that that's talking about a works-based salvation and that's not what it's talking about james is talking about because of what he has inside it motivates him to do on the outside what's on the inside you know why we never do anything on the outside i believe this with all my heart it's because what's on the inside is stagnant what's on the inside is just sitting there You know, that's why the Apostle Paul told his preacher boy Timothy, stir up the gift of God, which is in thee. You know, oftentimes we just get complacent in our Christian lives and we're good at just uh, warming the pew and sitting there. And some people say, well, preacher, that's all I can do with my health. Listen, I understand that, but pray. Pray, do something for the Lord. It's time this year, 2020, that we need to move mountains. And how are we going to do it? We're going to pick up the shovel and go forward for God and let God do it. Let God help us this year. I believe we're going to see many souls saved this year. I believe we're going to see many lives changed. People added under the church. All that. Why? Because exercising faith. Exercising faith. Are you going to show God your faith by your works? Why does the Bible say, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven? I'll tell you why. Because active faith works. Active faith works. People that say, oh, I'm a, I'm a believer in Christ, but I don't, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to uh, live in such a way I make somebody else uncomfortable. Guess what? You live for God, people are going to be uncomfortable. Why? Because sin 
and self-righteousness does not like holiness. It combats against that. And if somebody's living for God, you're going to make somebody uncomfortable, but hopefully they'll have enough humility about them that they can get things right and they can walk in the refreshing forgiveness of God. James 2.26 says, For as the, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Listen, I'm not saying that you're not saved if you're not active. What I'm saying is you're spiritually dead. What do you mean by that? I thought I had life in Jesus. Oh, you do have life in Jesus, but your faith is just lying there dead. You know what happens if you don't use parts of your body? You know what happens to them? They die. If you just sit there and never move, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get stiff. It's going to be hard for you to move forward. Listen, active faith. We've got to have an active faith. But not only should we have an active, active faith, we ought to have an audible faith. What's that mean? We're not afraid to speak up for the Lord. The world's not afraid to speak up for what they believe in. We ought not to be afraid to speak up for what we believe in. I want to stand here today and tell this church I'm not ashamed of preaching God's word. Not ashamed of it. And I won't apologize for it. I won't apologize for saying, thus saith the Lord. I won't apologize for saying that the only way to go to heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to apologize for saying that salvation is forever. Why? Because God said it. I'm not going to apologize for what we believe about living holy, righteously, and godly in this present world. It may not be popular, but that's what the Bible says. And he told me to preach the word and be instant in season, out of season, to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. And listen, this year in 2020, may we get a renewed vision of what God wants for us to have and say, listen, I've got to have faith in God this year. I've got to have faith. And it's going to be an audible faith. Philemon 1.5 said, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and towards his saints, hearing it. Well, how do you hear of love and faith? Somebody's speaking of it, aren't they? Well, how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear, the Bible says, without a preacher? How shall they hear without it? How can people be saved if they don't hear about the greatest gift they could ever receive? You know what? It ought to be audible faith. Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why do you think it's so important for us to tell you to get into your Bible and read your Bible? Not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays when you come to church, but to live and absorb the scriptures, to let it occupy you. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So somebody that says, well, preacher, I don't think it's important to read your Bible. The Bible says here, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But it also says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So guess what that means? If you're not in the word of God, you're not pleasing God. Because you don't have faith. You don't have faith. 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith. And impurity. Listen, you young people in this room this morning, you teenagers, listen up. You can have faith in God. Just because you're young doesn't mean you can't have faith. You can have faith in God and exercise that faith. Colossians 1.4, since we have heard of, of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which ye have to all the saints. It said, since we have heard of your faith. Since we've heard of your faith. Colossians 1.4, we've heard of your faith, it says. Let me ask you a question. People hear of your faith? Do they hear of your faith? Do they know what you believe in? 
because you say it. But listen, not only do you say it, is it active? Do they see you living it out? A lot of times we deter people because we say we have faith, but we don't live that we have faith. Oh, we say, hey, I have faith in God, but there's no works that back up that faith. That's dead faith. That's dead faith. Listen, what is faith that moves mountains? First off, it's salvation in the Lord, being saved. But after that, it's abiding in the faith, not changing from what God says. Sticking with the Word of God. Letting it absorb you and consume you and let that absorption then produce and come out of you where you're active and following it and then your mouth speaks the things of God. Listen, this is a very simple truth this morning. Very simple truth. But how convicting it is when we actually think about our lives and what we're doing. What are we doing with what God's given us to do? What are we doing with the faith that we have, that we exercised in the Lord Jesus? If you're saved in this room, you have exercised faith. You put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Because there's no way for you to go to heaven any other way but by him. And if you've received that faith, guess what? You, you, you have it. You have the ability in it. So why don't we just abide in it? Why don't we just let it absorb us? And why don't we just get active in it and have an audible faith? Why is it that we get so nervous to tell about, well, somebody might get offended or they may try to sue me for saying something. It might be considered a hate crime if I tell them they're a sinner. It is a hate crime if you don't tell them they're a sinner. You say, what are you talking about? It's a hate crime because you know what you're saying? I don't care whether you die and go to hell or not. Think about that. Do you really love people? Do you really care about their ever-dying soul? You're going to have active faith if you do. You understand everybody's going to go to one of two places. They're going to go to heaven or they're going to go to hell. There is no in-between. I don't know where you grew up or what, what you live in, but there is no purgatory that you're going to float around in and wait till some of your ancestors pray you into heaven. You don't believe me? Ask the rich man. You say, how can I do that? Well, you, don't, you reject Jesus, you're going to have an opportunity because you're going to lift up your eyes in torments just like he was. But you know what? I want to talk to Lazarus. Why? Because he's in the presence of God. Why? Because he exercised faith. You know what that rich man was exercising faith in? His possessions. What he had here on this earth. If you don't have the Lord Jesus, if you continue to read through the book of Matthew, it says this, What profit of a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, there's nothing you can give in exchange for your soul other than exercising faith in what Christ gave. He gave his life. So that all men could be saved. And you know what? We need to be giving the gospel out. Because we love other people. But we ought not to be ashamed to stand up for holiness and righteousness in this world. When God says, be ye holy. For I am holy. He tells us to be holy. You know what that means? That we're supposed to follow him. Act as he would act. Do what he would do. So that faith that moves mountains, how do we have it? We follow in the footsteps of what faith is all about. And who is that? Jesus. Jesus. He is what faith 
is all about. So you want to know what kind of faith we're supposed to have, and you're going to hear it over the next however many weeks till we get done with the lessons on faith that God's putting on my heart right now. You're going to hear about different avenues and aspects about faith. But it all stems back to one thing, following Christ. Following Him. That's exercising faith. Doing what God would have you to do. Let me ask you this question. Have you been 100% obedient to what God has told you to do over the last year? This is the first Sunday of 2020. Let me ask you this. If you haven't, will you submit to him today and just be obedient to what he tells you to do and allow that faith inside of you say, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it. God, I don't know how you're going to use me to do this, but Lord, whatever you want me to do, God, I'm yours. And you just follow God in whatever he says. Listen, we don't understand why things happen sometimes. We don't understand the roller coaster ride of ministry sometimes. But God has a plan. And we just need to have faith in God's plan. And follow after what God wants for us. And you know what? I've seen God do some wonderful things this past year. I've seen many new faces around here. And what a blessing it is. You say, well, people have left, preacher. Yeah, I understand that. But God has it all under control. He has it all under control. He knows what it's all about. Here's where we have to look and examine ourselves in this. Are we doing what God wants us to do? As the pastor, this is what I need to look at. Am I following God's direction and God's leadership in the church? What's that mean? That means I'm going to preach what God wants me to preach, not what I want to preach, not what you want me to preach, what God says to preach. That's following God. That's obeying Him. Are you willing to do what, what God wants you to do with your possessions, the things that you hold dear? Are you willing to say, Lord, they're yours? Whatever you want me to do. Well, hold on, preacher. What's that mean? What are you trying to do? You're trying to tell me what to do and act, sell all my stuff and give it to the church? I didn't say that. I said, does God have all your stuff? And here's how you know if God has all your stuff, does God have you? Because if God has you, everything else comes with it. You know what God really desires? You. And he wants you to have faith in him. Do you have faith? Are you abiding in it? Is it absorbing you to where it's active and audible and other people know about it? That's what being filled with the Spirit's all about. Is that what's inside of you comes out that others can know Him as well. With our heads bowed and eyes closed.